0: the annex wealth management show the longest running weekly personal finance radio show in wisconsin annex wealth management is a local fee-only fiduciary providing investment retirement tax and estate planning know the difference Amazon and Apple, jobs,
1: and thanks for nothing, Fitches. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Welcome to it. Two minutes ago, Dave Spano said to me, we got a lot to get to. Let's get right to it. Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer, welcome. Thanks, Danny. Dave Spano is our President and CEO. Welcome to you.
2: Yeah, thanks, Danny. And let's get right to it. And as you said, thanks for nothing, Fitch. Fitch is one of those rating agencies that is out there, and they went to the U.S. government to have a conversation about the rating of the U.S. government debt, and when they had Left, Derek, they took the rating from a triple A, which is the highest rating you can get, down to a double A
3: plus.
4: Right, and it had a a very quick and negative effect on the markets. I mean, it was somewhat reminiscent to when the S&P did it uh, in 2011, uh, where the market did sell off rather dramatically. But that was at a time when the Fed was cutting rates, not raising rates. So it remains to be seen what the impact will be. But it did alter a lot of the uh, calculations in terms of fixed income and the relationship to equities. And, you know, sometimes when you, when the market just continues to march higher, it just needs a catalyst for profit taking. And I think that's what we saw this week.
2: Yeah. And I think that all of this happened. And what happened with the Treasuries, obviously, was a direct effect of that. But let's spend just a minute or two talking about what Fitch saw. And one of the things that they talked about was that the agency cited an erosion of
4: governance for part of the downgrade. Right. I mean, we've all watched what's been going on in Washington. We saw the debt ceiling debate uh, a few months ago. Uh, there are There is a possibility for another shutdown talk uh, this coming October. And they t- also talked about tax and spending initiatives that are that are caused, will cause the deficit to increase further. So, you know, the, the U.S. government has one of the best credit ratings in the world, It does remain a very high-quality place to invest from a a safety perspective, but with the valuation of the S&P and the earnings yield on the S&P at 1.1 over Treasuries, it was only natural that we'd also see a sell-off in equities.
2: And that's what happened, and you saw the fact that you you need more Treasury bond sales to fund that funding gap, and that's what we saw in the Treasury market. Uh, secondly, there was some big news this past week as well, In the payroll report came out, and there re- really was a difference between what the ADP came out with, which is private funding, and the Labor Department's report. They really weren't lined up, but either way, it was a weak report.
4: Right. It did come in a little light, um, and, and you would think that would cheer the Fed, but the one component of it that actually would bother the Fed was that wages are up 4.4 year on year, better than expected. And one of the things the Fed has talked often about is is trying to get wage growth down towards 3% or so, that will cause those who are considering raising rates in September to look at that CPI report we're going to see next week.
2: Yeah, so the Federal Reserve has more data, as we talked about, and as we get into September, this is the information they've been looking for, and if they looks like they may not raise rates, the markets will react to that, because going into this, it looked like they were going to raise rates again, but this is the information that they're going to, they're going to focus on. One of the other things that happened this week is we continued to move through earnings Season, yeah, And this happens, as you know, every single quarter. Companies came out. We saw some good reports like, for example, Amazon, and some mediocre reports we saw out of companies like Apple.
4: That's right, and we saw a great report out of Caterpillar, actually. And one of the interesting things about Caterpillar is it really is a, a sense of the strength of the global economy, and it tends to correlate with Treasuries, meaning when Caterpillar is doing well, interest rates tend to rise and vice versa. But the other thing about earnings season that's a little different this time is that stocks that have beaten earnings estimates, are only going up on average 0.2 percent in re- reaction to a beat, whereas in the past it would go up 1.6 percent. So a lot of the rally that we've seen in stocks probably discounted the better-than-feared earnings reports we've seen. But again, this is another quarter of multiple expansion. Earnings for the S and P 500 to be down about five percent on a year-on-year basis. Yet stocks continue to move higher.
2: You've used this term over the last month or so, which is better than feared. In other words, in other words, we feared that the earnings. Report- reports were going to be poor but you know we began January of 2022 with an S&P earnings estimate around $250 and we are significantly lower than that but it may look like it's reached a trough and starting to head back up as we head into 2024.
4: Yeah, right now the analysts are looking for 12% growth in 2024, which would be quite a leap from where we are currently. You know, I just did some simple math. Let's say next year the S&P 500 is 250 bucks, and we apply a 19 multiple, which is above average multiple, that gets you to a 47.50 target on the S&P 500, which is about five percent higher than where we are currently, which essentially is the same yield you can get on a three month bill, and now with the Treasury yielding over 4%, there are alternatives to stocks. And I think that's what we're seeing, some rebalancing of positions and some tactical trading in the markets. And those
2: tactical trading suggests that we're going to see some volatility. We're going to cover that in the next segment. So stick around. We're going to talk about how to handle volatility as we head into the end of this year and into next.
1: Derek is our chief investment officer. Dave Spano, our president and CEO. Know the difference? One team, one plan, one fee? That is our Week in Review, always available as a podcast and delivered on Sunday morning in the Axiom newsletter. Saturday, August 5th, it's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Quick break. We're going to be right
0: back on 620 WTMJ. Custom-tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee-only fiduciary know the difference. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on WTMJ. We're back. Hey, folks, by the way, if your
1: 401k with your company is managed by Annex Wealth Management, you might want to consider partnering with Annex for the full suite of our investment and retirement planning services. That's what this show is all about. We talk about what we do on behalf of our clients. Derek Felsky in the studio. Chief Investment Officer, Dave Spano, President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management.
2: Yeah, thanks, Danny. You know, that last segment we were talking about, we've had a heck of a rally since the beginning of the year. And as we get to the end of earnings season, we might see some volatility kick back up. And there's a lot of things that we look at, benchmarks and, and other markers, to find out how it's going to look going forward. And one of those things that we talked about earlier this week, Derek, you and I, was the cost of an option and that is really shocking where we
4: are right now. Right, um, the put options on the S&P 500 are trading at their lowest valuation on record. And generally speaking, when you see low costs on hedging vehicles, that means that there's a level of complacency. generally, such low levels of fear often coincide with short-term tops. So, you know, right now, our portfolios are basically neutrally allocated between equities and fixed income, with an idea to increasing that allocation on more reasonable valuations in certain select sectors and stocks that we're eyeing. Uh, But right now, the risks are high and and we are in the summer months and historically August and September are challenging. And
2: again, volatility just means that you're going to see some movement. That doesn't mean that you're going to lose money, but it does mean that we're going to see movement in prices and you know, there's a lot of things to prepare for market volatility and when you take on risk obviously you want to get paid with higher returns. One of the ways that you can prepare for volatility is to do the work and that's what we do here at Annex Wealth Management and investing in quality companies, and there's a lot lot of markers that you look at, free cash flow and dividends and the like, that talk about things that we can do to put more quality into someone's portfolio.
4: Right, and the other thing you do is you do valuation analysis, aggressive valuation targets, moderate valuation targets, and very conservative valuation targets. And in many of the names that we own in the individual strategy portfolios, uh, we are approaching uh, more expensive areas of the marketplace in terms of valuation. So that leads us to make some tactical decision, taking a little bit off some names and adding to, to others that we have greater conviction in from both a valuation and a fundamental perspective. The other thing with earnings so going forward is that the analysts have just recently started to revise those 24, 24 numbers upwards and many strategists have capitulated in the past couple of weeks and in the past when long term bears turn bullish after a run like we've seen generally speaking there's no one left to be short and you tend to see a correction yeah,
2: after that. It's funny because you know we talked for a long time that when of the economists were projecting a recession that maybe you might want to look on the other side of that trade, and we talked about that for almost a year right now, and now you open up all of these different newspapers around the country and around the world, as a matter of fact, that say we might have a soft landing. Well, that is something that we've had a discussion on, but now that the fact, as you said, they have capitulated, we are still concerned because the lagging effect of what the Federal Reserve has done is
4: really about to kick in right now right i mean the fed embarked on its tightening stance 17 months ago real interest rates are now restrictive and for that reason we do expect a modest down leg in the equity market as interest rates continue to move higher what we'd rather see is the fed be accommodative but that's going to take some time you know we've got to see wage wage growth moderate we've got to see inflation come down and with gasoline prices up 35 percent since may that's not likely
2: And we go into next year, Danny, we talk about how people can adjust their portfolios if they're doing this by themselves. If you're working with a professional, like most people are, as a matter of fact, this is the time to go through those portfolios and understand why those individual names, why those positions are in a portfolio are they in the right place are they in taxable accounts should they be in tax deferred accounts and of course the estate plan and tax planning all tied together that is what we do folks on a daily basis and that is wrapping the whole wealth management picture up together and that should be done with a fee only fiduciary those words have meanings
1: you know we've got all sorts of clients we've got doctors engineers lawyers they're really good at what they do dave but maybe this kind of stuff isn't. Yeah, Give it when, to a when they're saving
2: lives, right? Right. right and doing the right. things and protecting us. You know, we're managing, it and this is what we do. And we're surrounded by a great team members, as you know. PhDs and CFAs and MBAs and the like. So uh,
1: we're proud of our team and maybe we can put them to work for you. As a matter of fact, on our next SWAT podcast, we've got two doctors in the house and that will air Monday morning, right? <laughs> that's a lot. That's yeah. a lot of brain power. That's a lot of brain power. And then me. So anyway, folks, if we can help, head to our website. It's annexwealth.com. We do investment and retirement planning. We do tax planning. We do estate planning. All those things together. That's what you need for a solid plan. We can do it for you in 2023 and beyond. And we work with a wide range of clients. We're really blessed with that. People just starting out all the way through the greatest generations. A lot of different age groups. What a 30 and 40 somethings tend to miss when saving and investing for retirement? We're gonna cover that after a break on Money Talk. The Annex Wealth Management Show, 620
0: WTMJ. One team, one plan, one fee. Annex Wealth Management works in your best interest. Can your advisors say that? This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on WTMJ. Know the difference with Annex
1: Wealth Management. You know, our clients range from the greatest generation all the way to millennials. Each plan is unique because each client is unique, and our firm understands that. Now, in this segment, we're going to concentrate on 30 and 40-somethings, and to do that, I'm joined by Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. Hello, Dave. Yeah, hello, my friend. How are you? Good. This is perfect, Dave. We've got a real live 30-something in the studio. Welcome, Fred Coleman, a wealth manager and CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for having me, Danny. Business Insider published an article, Three Things That 30 and 40-somethings Always Forget When Planning for Retirement. And we're going to talk more about it. Now, the first point they make is 30 and 40-somethings need to contribute to more than just their 401ks. There are options. What are they, Fred?
3: Well, the first thing I want to say is that 401ks and tax-deferred accounts such as IRA. Are a very useful tool for building up your nest egg, and you should definitely take advantage of them. With that being said, it's also important to take a step back and think about how those accounts work. The IRS allows you to deduct contributions from your income in the current year, and we all love a tax deduction, but in exchange, they set rules that don't allow you to access the funds before 59 and a half without paying taxes and penalties. So you can imagine how this can become an issue for those who are looking to retire in their 30s and 40s. Because as an early retiree, you'll need to withdraw from your investment accounts well before 59 and a half. So remember, you should contribute to retirement accounts, but don't forget other investment vehicles like brokerage accounts, equity compensation plans, and other investments that'll have potential to create income streams in early retirement.
2: Yeah, and you think about contributing to a 401k plan, for example, especially if the company is matching, that's just free money that people can get by contributing. So we are always saying, take advantage of that tax deferral and that pre-tax, that's number one. But your point, of course, is really well taken that if you put money in a taxable account, that means you can access it without these penalties and interest. And that's really an important piece because, as we all know, things
1: happen. Cars break, houses break, and you need to access that money. So that is a really good point. Things that 30 and 40-somethings might miss when planning for retirement. The next is consider the tax implications of contributions. Fred, are 30 and 40-somethings doing that? Because I got to tell you, when I was in my 30s and 40s, I did not. And if they're not, What should they be doing?
3: Yeah, we all know tax implications are a huge part of life and a huge part of retirement. And although it's pretty much everyone's largest expense, it's still overlooked by some 30 and 40 year olds. The best thing you can do when thinking about taxes and future taxes is to look ahead. I think of it like a game of chess. Amateur chess player knows their next one to three moves. But the best chess players in the world, they're looking at their next 11 to 15 Mm. moves. And financial planning is like a game of chess because you have to look ahead. Not only should you be looking at lowering your current year's taxable income through your 401k and IRA, but if you're in your 30s or in your 40s, you should be planning for the next 50 to 60 years. And you should be evaluating when's the best time to pay taxes and when you should defer taxes to a different year. The best way to gain that type of flexibility is to contribute to accounts that are taxed differently. So when it comes time to withdraw, you can use the accounts that best fit your specific tax situation. For example, you can use Roth IRAs for tax-free withdrawals and higher tax years. Health savings accounts are also very beneficial for tax-free growth, and you have the potential to withdraw those tax-free. And as I mentioned before, brokerage accounts. There are no limits to brokerage accounts, and there are no rules on how they can be used.
2: You know, Fred, we often talk a lot about diversification of investments, but there's also diversification of taxes. So taxable accounts, non-taxable accounts, tax-deferred accounts, that's part of the planning as well you counsel clients on that
1: on a daily basis. Fred Coleman is a CFP and a wealth manager with Annex. Also joined by Dave Spano, president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management, also a CFP. He's a certified financial planner. We're covering things 30 and 40-somethings might miss when retirement planning. The next is something I can confirm. Your goals, your values are gonna change over time. And Dave, I'm gonna let you take that one.
2: Well, you know, the journey is not the destination, right? And we talk about, as we go through this planning, we bring people in, Fred, as you well know, and we put that on the screen and we say, what if this happens, or what if I want to buy a new house, or what if I want to take the family on a vacation? How do we handle those things? So it's really not about where you are today, but where you want to go to. So we start with point A and we try to get to point B, but things change. There's children that are born, there's parents that are lost, there are changes to that, there's job changes. So all of that is part of the destination, Danny, and that is why we do this on an interactive basis on the screen.
1: Annex is ready to be a strong fee-only fiduciary partner when it comes to investment and retirement planning. Great place to start is Annex Ignite, but we offer services to clients all the way through Annex Private Client. Dave Spano, President, CEO, CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. Thank you, Danny. Fred Coleman, Wealth Manager and the CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for coming in. Thanks, Danny. Saturday, August 5th, 30 minutes down, 30 minutes to go. Still to come, Ask Annex. Talk about a great 401k webinar. And we'll check in with Brian Jacobson, Chief Economist at Annex Wealth Management. That's coming up on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 620
0: WTMJ. Planning and investing insight from a fee-only fiduciary. And we put that in writing. You're listening to Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on WTMJ time for ask annex as always got a question for us you head to the website
1: and look for the ask button if we can help look for the get started button sarah kyle's in the studio she's a wealth manager at annex wealth management hello hello danny matt moore is the investment team manager welcome to you hey danny question number one wall street journal headline said quote the benefits of owning stocks over bonds keeps shrinking if that's true what does that do for a balanced portfolio
5: Yeah, great question. Really good article too. And for anyone that's read it, or if you haven't, our own Brian Jacobson, our chief economist here at Annex, was actually quoted in that article as well too, talking about essentially what's called the earnings yield, which is the forward earnings for, let's call it an index, the S&P 500, divided by the overall price of the index. Or you could do it for individual stocks as well too. And then what they're doing is comparing that to long-term government bonds, or what we would call like a risk-free interest rate. And so what they're trying to compare is what are the pros and cons of buying a stock versus a bond based off of that. And the higher that yields get on bonds, the more attractive they become from an income standpoint, but also there's obviously a lot less risk. So if you wanna buy equities, you need to be compensated for that risk. And right now based off of valuation metrics, stocks are expensive, but they could stay expensive for a long time. So when we think of that from a portfolio standpoint, it's not either or, but it's just where are you getting that value within that portfolio? And maybe where can you long-term try to find an edge. And what it's really trying to tell you is that short-term, and Brian talks about this in the article, is that there's not a lot of correlation between short-term price movements and valuation. So things can get overpriced, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to sell off or that you're going to see them go down. It just might mean that future growth long-term might not be as attractive as it is at other time periods. So a couple of years ago, when we looked at that and bond yields were zero, there was a wide gap in that earnings yield to bond yields. Right now, it's a small. So it's something we look at, but it's not necessarily something that you'd want to make portfolio change is over.
1: Second question on Ask Annex, how close are we to full retirement age of 70?
6: I'm not sure we're really close to having that change, but I think the change will be more in the form of incentives to delay your Social Security instead of actually changing the full retirement age. Right now, every year you wait to take your Social Security after your full retirement age, that benefit grows by 8%. That's a pretty good guaranteed rate. I don't know any investment vehicle that will guarantee you an 8% return every year. So that's pretty appealing. And any other any further changes to that full retirement age would require legislation action and a lot of debate.
1: When you're working with clients is that an argument back and forth where somebody wants to take it earlier but but oh, to yeah. spell out the reasons to do it
6: yeah there's definitely bookends some people say i want to take my money the day i turn 62 and then some people realize the benefit and say, I'm going to get the largest benefit amount that I can and wait till that age of 70. So there's definitely bookends, but, you know, through the debate and through discussion, we do an analysis for our clients on when the optimal time to take that Social Security is. So when you can show them the data, it's more compelling to have them sometimes delay, sometimes not. There's a lot of factors that go into it.
1: Ask Annex got a question. You head to our website, look for the Ask button. Next up, tips or
5: I-bonds? Are there clear differences? Yeah, they're two very, very, very different investments. I bonds are something that is generally bought online through Treasury Direct or directly through the Treasury, essentially through their website. And what they are is a savings bond. But it's a savings bond where the interest rate changes based off what the inflation rate, or CPI, is. A Couple of things to know about them is that you generally cannot put a lot of money into them. So every single year, you're maxed out at 10K. You can buy an additional 5K per Social Security um, number as well if you do it via your tax return. So if you had a married couple, Theoretically, you could buy 30K a year of it, so it's not a a very, very large amount. And what they're doing is every six months, they basically look at what CPI is, and they adjust the interest that you're going to get off of it based off of what CPI is. So if you could think last year when inflation was really high, we had really high interest rates on these. They became really, really popular, and now that inflation is normalizing, those rates are starting to come down couple things to keep in mind there is that, again, not only is there a maximum you can put into it there, is that they are a 30-year investment vehicle. You do have to hold it for at least a year, but you can, after that first year, start to take money out. But if you do it within the first five years, you have to pay three months back of that interest. Interest is calculated semi-annually, but you don't actually get that interest until you redeem it, which is one really important part of that. So high interest rate, but you have to wait to take that interest until you actually get out of it itself. Tips, on the other hand, is a long-term government bond. They can be five-year, 10-year, or 30 years in maturities. You can essentially buy them and sell them as you want because they trade on open markets, so there's not lock-up periods there, so there's a lot more liquidity. And how they work is that generally bonds have a par value of 1,000. What happens with a tip is that they're going to adjust that based off of inflation. So every year they're going to go in and see what inflation rates are, and they're going to adjust that principal value to it. It might be 1000 this year. Inflation goes up 5%. It's 1050 the next year. So what they're doing is they're trying to keep your principal value going up by inflation. Then you also get interest on it. So if you have an interest rate on that, what's really nice is that as your par value goes up, even though the percentage stays the same, it's getting paid out on a higher amount every single year. So that's where you're getting that inflation protection built into that bond. Two very different vehicles. Both of them are trying to help you hedge out inflation, um, but you can use them in different ways.
1: Always ready for questions and always ready to help. Head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Matt Moore is the investment team manager, thanks. Thank you. Sarah Kyle, wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you.
6: You're welcome, Danny.
1: If you are a company owner, CFO, HR director, or otherwise involved in your company 401k, we've got details about a webinar that will sort out important stuff you need to know to effectively assist your employees. Details are coming up after a break. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 620 WTMJ.
0: One team, one plan, one fee. Money Talk is straight talk from a local fee-only fiduciary. It's time to know the difference. This is Money Talk, The Annex Wealth Management Show on WTMJ. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Joined by Tom Parks, Director of Retirement
1: Plan Services, Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back. Good to see you, Danny. All right, let's do a little quick history review. Secure Act signed into law December 2019. But guess what arrived next? The pandemic and then the CARES Act. And before we had a chance to fully wrap our heads around SECURE Act in December of 2022, SECURE Act 2.0 was passed. Am I correct there, Tom? That's right, Dan. They got real clever with the acronym on that one. They did. 2.0. Hey, keep it simple. So the benefits industry, to my understanding, is still digesting the implications of this legislation. Now, if you're a busy employer who hasn't had time to figure out your way forward on this, we've got a way that's going to help. It's free. Doesn't take a whole lot of time. It's a web You can attend from anywhere, and we're going to have details in a bit. Tommy, Secure Act 2.0, it covers a lot of ground affecting individual savers as well as companies, but we are going to focus on the stuff that pertains specifically
7: to employers, right? That's correct, Annie. So uh, the Secure Act 2.0 was like 400 pages or something. (laughs) We're going to focus on the couple hundred that were exclusive to employers because there's a lot just in those pages alone, so that's going to be our target audience for this one. Okay.
1: First off, is every 401k going to be impacted, or does this affect only certain employers?
7: Yes, Danny, all 401K plans will be impacted, just they won't all necessarily be impacted in the same way. And that's part of the thing that's led to a lot of confusion and questions on the part of employers. They're getting lots of information about the Secure 2.0 because there's a lot in there, and they're trying to figure out which of these things apply to me, my good to go, or those are the things that we're gonna have to clear up. But it's safe to say, if you have a qualified retirement plan, 401K plan for your business, this thing's going to impact you in some way. Who usually needs to be minding the shop when it comes to things like Secure Act
1: 2.0? And I'm imagining and picturing a business owner who's got, I don't know, 50, 70 employees. I mean, man, he's just trying to keep the plate spinning, right, who's gotta do that?
7: Well, we do, Danny, that's why we're here. And and no, really, there are lots of things that are expected of employers by the Department of Labor, by regulators and all that stuff, and realistically, they just cannot keep up with the Secure, Secure Act 2.0, there's all the stuff that's affecting People, But essentially, whoever is signing the 5500, whoever is taking the daily active responsibility for the plan, those are the people who are going to want to have an idea of what's going on. So getting those resources to those people, whether it's the company owner, the CFO, the HR director, depends on the size and scope of the company, but it's essentially the person who's responsible for the plan. Essentially,
1: and I think you just named the types of positions of people employers that
7: need to be at this thing. That's exactly right. These are the people who should be attending this event because we're going to help them understand what they should know and then hopefully provide some perspective on the options that they have and which way they might want to go depending on their situation. It's going to be interactive. The attendees will be able to learn from one another as well. That's funny you mention that. And
1: we are with Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services, Annex Wealth Management. The only thing worse than death by PowerPoint is a webinar that is death by PowerPoint. Tell me, the Tom
7: Parks Whimsy will be on this it's going to be interactive right Danny you know I gave up on PowerPoint yeah. like five years ago so there will be some slides for reference but I'm actually going to be joined by Jen Musa who is with map retirement she and I've known each other for 20 years she's a very solid technical administrator so she's gonna bring a flavor of technical prowess and knowledge even beyond the stuff that I know and Jen's got a great personality too. between the two of us you know if anything people are gonna have to tell us to calm down because we have a lot of fun talking about about this stuff. But yeah, it's not going to be boring. That much I can tell you for sure. Interactive from attendees. Can people ask questions? Absolutely. Okay. We want people to ask questions because there are so many things to cover in this law, this legislation. We're going to hit on the top points that we think are really important that'll hit to the broadest audience. But people will probably come with questions specific to their plan. And that's always enlightening for everybody. So yeah, we encourage that. The
1: reason we're passionate about this is because is it's so very important in this huge shootout to really build a good company culture, one that cares for employees and one that
7: employees stick around or maybe it's a company that people want to work for. That's right, Danny. When it comes to retaining good employees, attracting good employees, people look at benefits. You know, I go through all the different statistics. There are so many of them out there, right? But this is something that you want to make sure you do correctly because you want to build a plan that's going to benefit your people because that's the right thing to do, but also because you want to find and keep the right people. Yeah. It's productivity. It's
1: morale. And ultimately, that is the health of the company. So HR directors, CFOs, company owners, anybody involved in the success of the company through the contributions of employee.
7: Let's talk about when this is and how people can get involved. You bet, Danny. It is going to take place on Tuesday, August 15th at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. You can go to annexwealth.com. the upper right hand corner, you go to the events tab and that's where you'll be able to sign up. We do ask people to sign up, like you said, it's a free event, but we want to make sure that you're registered so that you can interact with us and get the information.
1: Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. We talk about what we do for companies and 401ks
7: very often. We can do it for your company as well. If people are interested in this, how do they get a hold of you? Well, Danny, you know I'm very active on LinkedIn, so I encourage people to follow Tom Parks on LinkedIn. Look at Annex Wealth Management on LinkedIn, and obviously you can always go to AnnexWealth.com. You can look at the What We Do for Employers page, and you'll find out lots more information. Tom Parks, Director of Retirement
1: Plan Services, Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. Thank you, Danny. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show.
0: Quick break. We're going to be back. More to come on 620 WTMJ. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee from the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. The longest-running weekly personal finance radio show in Wisconsin. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on WTMJ on
1: Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. The show's going to be available as a podcast at the top of the hour. Wherever you get your podcasts you want to catch up, maybe you missed part of it, or hear it again. I'm Danny Clayton. In the studio is Dr. Brian Jacobson, our Chief Economist at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome. Thank you for having me. You know, a lot of times when the weather forecasters will prognosticate and give us a forecast and it doesn't come true, people get a little irked at the weather forecasters, right? It, it's hard. Yeah, yeah. You can't blame the weatherman for the weather. May I ask you, there are many entities that are now scaling back their recession forecasts. And is that a bad thing? How did they miss or is this just happens?
8: Yeah, you know, I think part of it is we've got data recently that has been stronger than expected, and there's trend following when it comes to the forecasters, especially the ones that you read about in the newspapers and see on television, where they don't want to stick their necks out too much. Some some of them do because they like that, but I think that some people have thrown in the towel on this recession call maybe because they don't really fully understand what a recession is. Recessions begin at peaks of economic activity, not at troughs. So I think it's perfectly reasonable to say, hey, maybe we're not in a recession, but that doesn't mean one isn't coming.
1: Bank of America reversed, saying the U.S. won't have a recession in the next year. The Bloomberg economics probability model a year ago said there was a 100 percent chance that U.S. would be plunged into a recession. Jamie Dimon told investors in June of last year to brace for an impending economic, quote, hurricane. Mm-hmm. Yet skies are relatively clear
8: yeah they are now but I think it also depends upon where you were maybe it's one of these pop-up storms and in fact when I look at the data the different criteria that are sometimes used to define a recession about a general decline in economic activity so it has to span across manufacturing it has to span across consumer spending and income and employment the one area that we haven't really seen it has been with the employment numbers now with these there's kind of a Six prong approach to looking at a recession as far as all these different dimensions. Uh, Five of them were bright red about a recession back in about October and November of last year but the one part that stood out was strength in the labor market and so our view on our investment committee is that we kind of already had this recession but in only certain areas maybe it wasn't broad-based enough where it was like even the employment or the labor market was in a recession but manufacturing we think was in a recession, housing was in a recession, Um, and in fact, now that we're beginning to see service sector activity and consumer spending slow, it's still possible that we're going to get a recession.
1: Let's talk about that consumer spending. This past week, we saw a couple of titans Mm -hmm. came in with their earnings. One was Amazon, the other was Apple. Different stories for both of them
8: yeah very different stories and it was really interesting if you think about what you buy from each one of those you know Amazon it could be daily necessities uh, it could be just about anything whereas Apple fairly specific as far as what the technology that you purchase from them those are higher ticket items that you're purchasing uh, they also they've had three quarters in a row of a decline in sales um, maybe some of that is because consumers aren't really doling out the money for those big ticket items and also they haven't had really product upgrades I think the new phone is coming out sometime in September or October right so you do get this dynamic that people
1: hold off I'm being a dad here but I see that the average car payment is what eight hundred dollars or more anybody gets the iPhone 13 14 and now coming up on the 15 you're you're saddled with 150 200 bucks a month yeah if things slow down and consumers get hit is that when at least one part of it starts to soften we think so yeah especially as far as with this uh, the
8: spending on that type of goods and the consumer confidence numbers there's those surveys it indicated that people have an expectation that they are going to cut back on luxuries including leisure and travel finally that was one area that people refused to cut back on but now the recent surveys are indicating that people are even willing to cut back on that airlines are beginning to discount fares and so people are shifting more towards necessities away from
1: some of these luxuries you know it's almost one of those cold dead hands things right you're gonna have to pry from my cold dead hands my iphone 15 or my ability to order from amazon and get it in two days or tomorrow or the same day that's right yeah and uh, oftentimes you are ordering from amazon on that iphone (laughs) i didn't even think of that that's interesting next week real quick what do we have
8: yeah so we have consumer credit numbers coming out next week as far as credit card debt that's been skyrocketing. We have to see if that continues. And then we have the CPI, which stands for Consumer Price
1: Index. The inflation numbers coming out on Thursday. That's a big one. Dr. Brian Jacobson, Chief Economist, Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. Thank you. Folks, we help plan for the retirement you desire. We do it as a fee-only fiduciary, and we will help you stay on track. Get the comprehensive advice you deserve. Only takes a couple of minutes. Get that conversation started. Click that Get Started button at AnnexWealth.com. We'll be back here next Saturday at 10 o'clock. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 620
0: WTMJ. Advice and opinions expressed during Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, are solely that of the hosts or guests of Annex Wealth Management and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC.